our wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day everybody, my name is Will Moalam, the pastor of the Paravista and the Gawler Adventist Churches in South Australia. I want to thank you for joining our live show today. And so today is a brand new day and we're kicking off our brand new theme for the rest of this week. But today my co-host and I, we're going to be looking at a particular topic that is in line with our theme. So our theme this week is how good... Now, it sounds very interesting. So the title is How Good Was God... When he created hell, <laughs> how good was God when he created hell? And so, um, we're going to be taking a bit of a dive into this concept, this teaching, this understanding of this notion of hell. And so today, my co-host, we're going to look at the question, is hell actually real? And what and where is hell? And so I'm so glad to have in the studio my brother in Christ, my co-host today, Pastor Yoshi Chi, uh, we would like to call you Yoshi around here. Um, that's correct. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Um, Yongshin is my Chinese name. I was right. born in Malaysia, but Yoshi is what everyone calls me, including my my in-laws. Um, so, my, well, my wife's entire side of that family. Interesting question today, Will. How yep. good was God when He created hell? It's it's a bit of a it's a bit of an oxymoron question, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, wait, does that does that make sense? And we're yeah. going to unpack it a little bit more. And I'm excited, you know, uh, to do this with you. Today. Yeah, well, like when I read that the the theme title, it's like, how good was he? It's almost like, you know, how good was God when he created hell? And you know, some people's notions of hell, and you know, mm-hmm. this this kind of picture that people many people have is like, hang hang on, that doesn't sound good. What? Why would God? And I think there's a bit of rhyme and reason behind the uh, mm-hmm. the 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 theme. So it kind of makes us think. And hey, was God actually behind it and all those things? So. Pastor Yoshi, um, for those who may not be regular listeners, you're tuning in for the first time. My good friend here in the studio, Yoshi, he is actually working here at the head office of our Adventist Church here in South Australia. And uh, Yoshi, we, um, for those who also may not know, me and Yoshi go quite a few years back <laughs> before yeah. we found ourselves here in this beautiful um, uh, state of South Australia. And so it's always good to catch up with uh, ministry colleagues, uh, friends, brothers in Christ. And so uh, now we have... The Monday slot here at Yong, uh, Yongshin. So, so looking forward to our time together. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, um, yeah we, we're going to look at our World Watch segment today. Will, you've picked a topic that yeah. is sort of, sort of linked to last week's program, last week's topic about death, and also kind of links to this week's topic as well about hell. Yeah. You want to take yeah. us through that? So, yeah. yeah. So the article we want to just kind of, uh, share with our listeners today, it's the article, I, I, Put this off the. I've got this off the eternitynews.com.au website, and uh, they got an article there that was just posted uh, early on in the month, and the article is entitled "Let's Not Talk of Death and Heaven," and by the author is John Harris, and so the subtitle is "How Children's Songs Have Become Sanitized." So I think what we'll do, Yoshi, we won't read the whole article. We'll just kind of read a few things, see if there's a sticky point there that we'd like to uh, share with our audience today. So here we go. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We all know that song, um, Yongshim. Yeah. And it's a greatly loved children's hymn, um, the article begins. One of the favorite hymns of all time with its simple affirmation of the Jesus of the Bible, whose death and rising open for us the path to eternal life. Jesus loves me, loves me still, when I'm very weak and ill. 
these un- easily understood but deeply meaningful words open up the third verse. But when I tried to find them in my modern hymn book, they were gone. The tune and first lines were still there, but the rest of the old hymn had been sanitized away with lackluster words replaced with bland rhymes, which conveniently avoided unpleasant references to sickness and death. Tame theology, which bypassed any mention of heaven and eternal life. We might just read a little bit more. Um, the article by John goes on to say, Jesus loves me still today. Walking with me on my way began the new third verse. The Jesus of this carefully modified verse is very nice to children, particularly healthy children. He loves them and wants to be their friend. He will walk with them though life and help, sorry, through life and help them to be strong and good. These are nice thoughts. These are true thoughts. Jesus should indeed be our friend. We all want Jesus as our companion walking with us on our way. But this is a pale image of the strong Jesus of Anna Warner's hymn, the Jesus who conquered death, and quoting the hymn, he who died heaven's gate to open wide. Anna Bartlett Warner wrote, Jesus loves me as a hymn to be sung at the bedside of a dying child. Mm. Anna and her sister Susan were greatly loved 19th century American authors. Many of their novels, which they began, which, sorry, which they often wrote together, would today be classified as sentimental religious fiction. But in their day, they were bestsellers. Um, mm. I guess there's a bit there, but I guess there's a little quote that's kind of enlarged in the article. It says, have times changed so much that today's children no longer need that same absolute assurance? So I guess the, the I guess the basic tenure of the article is, is, uh, according to this author here, Yongshin is, they basically sanitize the Jesus yeah. loves me him and kind of just uh, something nice for the kiddies to sing, but there may not be any real, I guess, deep theological, you know, references, kind of like just something that the kids can learn, kind of like a rhyme. So I guess this article from John Harris is kind of, yeah, making a bit of an argument about, you know, let's not, let's keep out all the, you know, those big picture stuff or the stuff that maybe for little kitties it's a little bit harder than the wrestle with. What do you reckon? It's interesting because this is the first time, until you showed me the article um, before we started our program, right. obviously earlier today, right? I didn't know. I always thought, because I didn't grow up in the church. And uh-huh. so when I came into the church, um, Jesus Loves Me was a song. I came in as a teenager so we yeah. weren't really singing Jesus love me and Jesus right. loves me anymore and and the melody is quite simple Jesus loves me yes. this sign by the way Yoshi is a really good singer if you, uh, you haven't heard yeah. one out. <laughs> actually <laughs> if you caught our big camp <laughs> uh, anyway that's a different anyway, story a different story altogether all right um, the Jesus loves me yeah. uh, melody has got this really pleasant melody to yeah. it and the reason behind that and this is something totally new to me all right so I, I, I'm gonna read that bit that you read right yeah. Anna Bartlett Warner wrote Jesus loves me as a hymn to be sung at the bedside of wow. a dying child. So this yep. is the 1800s, uh-huh. where the life expectancy of children or just people in general aren't that high. Um, I think it's. I think the sanitized version probably there's a twofold thing. I'm yep. not sure if it's. Well, I don't know. It's. It's, um, it's, I don't think it's trying to hide away the reality of life. Yeah. Um, there might, that might be a part of it. But I think also, I wonder, and this maybe perhaps ties into our topic today. You know, do we really want to tell children that, you know, uh, yeah. death is coming and it's a bad thing? There is hell, there is heaven. Um, or during around the 1800s, um, um, th- 
uh, Jonathan Edwards, he preached this sermon called yep. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, right? right? Yep. And you can say that sparked revival, but that was also a very fear-based sort of an approach. Yeah. Um, that God dangles us by the precipice of, and I'm, I'm using these words, I can't remember the actual uh, words that he used, but it does create that really fear factor. Yeah. And can you imagine telling kids that? Yep. So society's moved away from that. And maybe the problem isn't so much of the need to move away from that. Maybe that wasn't the right theology to begin with. Yep. Um, especially as we consider our question for this week. You know, how good was God when he created hell? Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's an interesting article. Um, um, and I've just noticed, Will, even though I see you, I know you see you picked it up earlier this week. This article was written in 2018. Right. Which is actually interesting. I wonder if John Harris would have a different perspective, uh, with the post COVID days about what's happened. Maybe he would have brought some level of, um, maybe not John Harris himself, but maybe, you know, the world has changed a little bit where, um, sickness and pestilences, if you can use a biblical word is is more real than we'd like to we like to think yeah right and just going kind of going back to the, the article here by john harris it says i guess why the, the um the song it's he says children in the 19th century certainly face death far more frequently than do more australian children statistics tell a stark story in australia today five children in 1000 will not reach the age of 10 compared to 200 children in wow. the 19th century. So I guess he's saying that, you know, it was relevant and it was appropriate for that time where perhaps uh, mortality rates mm-hmm. um, were higher, uh, fatality rates were higher. And so, um, but I guess it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting question, this idea of um, theology, the intersection of theology and music and worship and the words are meant to convey some, you know, some, some type of truth. And mm-hmm. I think what kind of John kind of b- begins in the article saying, you know, we, that we like to maybe, like his words, sanitize. Mm. So we kind of like to uplift the, the nice parts of the Jesus story and we don't really want to kind of highlight, you know, the shame, the suffering, the, you know, the cross ultimately. So I think that's kind of something that, um, yeah, for us to, to kind of reflect, you know, as, as, uh, you know, as pastors, Yongshin, you know, mm. even when we, you know, when I'm looking at various um, themes and topics to preach in in the local church from week to week, you know there are some. To be honest, Youngjin, there are some parts of the Bible that we wouldn't even go near. You know, some yeah. of these Old Testament stories that are, mm. you know, even more or less, you know, share with with children. So there's a bit of a selection process that kind of happens with everyone, whether you're reading the Bible yourself or as church leaders, um, even the song worship team. You know, there is a sense in which we want to. We want to present the gospel. We want to present it, but uh, how do we balance it? And so I think this article is more or less targeting children. You know, let's not talk of death in heaven. That that's the big idea mm. of the article. Mm. So he's kind of using this hymn. Hey, this is a song that was sang back in the ni- early nineteenth century. Mm. In kind of, it's a little bit of. I guess it still kind of occurs today in mm, some ways. Yeah. Well, it's a biblical principle because Paul in First Corinthians, I think it's chapter three, it is. He tells the church in Corinth, "I have fed you, I have fed you with um, milk, not meat, um, because you weren't ready." 
and yeah. and that's just a little bit about how we preach the gospel as well, right? Um, and there are some passages, like you said, you know, in the church context, we probably won't start with the children because they're not quite ready. And if you are new in your journey with God, um, something might have caught your attention as you're listening to us on radio, you're watching a TV program. Uh, it's always important wherever you start, you want to maybe take a steps, a couple of steps back to get back to the basics, um, to be fed with so-called milk if you want to use Paul's illustrations and then get to the meat and then you get the complete picture. Yeah. Um, I think that's not, it's not a bad approach um, and I don't think is a bad reason why some of these things have been taken out per se. But if one more observation I can make, Will, from this article yeah. is that there's a need for us to kind of adjust our approach to preaching the same message but preaching it within the context that makes sense. Yeah. I don't I think we should shy yeah, I don't think we should shy away from preaching the word of God. This yeah. the word of God is the word of God. It's everlasting, it's never changing. Yes. But how we preach it and how we change it, how we how we talk about it would be quite different. Um whether if it's a one to one conversation or over the radio where we don't get a chance to hear back and by the way, Will you're gonna share the phone number, we will hear right. back. Yes. We, we would like to hear back. But at the end of the day, um yeah, the gospel is so rich uh, and so powerful uh, but uh, there's, there's a lot to be, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. So I guess as we're going to land with that um, the article there, I think probably just to just to round off the article, John Harris ends by saying perhaps children and adults might still be singing them, absorbing their teaching in simple and direct ways, but including him like Jesus loves me only, if its very nature is completely changed, is to rob us of an effective way of helping children know about heaven and to trust the Jesus who takes us there. So the article there by John Harris going, hey. You know, let's let's kind of just let's not kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater. Let's mm, kind mm. of present the goodness of God, the the love and the and the grace, and also share you know the un, the other side, which was yep. his his suffering and and you know and ultimately his his um, his death on the cross. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's just a perspective from a particular Christian author, um, and so we want to. Just um, leave you with that. So, Yoshi, we're going to have to switch gears now. We're mm-hmm. going to promote our free book offer today. Our book offer today is, um, let me just pull it up here. It's a particular book that is, actually, before I do that, I just want to give you a bit of a rundown of, of some of the themes that we'll be looking at today and this week. And so, um, you and I, Yoshi, we're going to be mm-hmm. looking at the question about how good was God when he created, oh, sorry, not that's, uh, that's tomorrow's one. <laughs> our one we're looking at is Hell Real, What and Where is Hell, uh, Tomorrow's Presenters, um, Marty, Gary, and Neil, they're going to be looking at how good was God when he created hell. So they're going to really just directly attack the theme. Um, and then the rest of the week is talking about hell relevant and does hell burn forever? And that's a big question, Yoshi, as you mm-hmm. and I would know that there are, um, there's a particular way certain people see hell. Um, towards the end of the week, is Satan in charge of hell? That's going to be a good one. And then lastly, is hell ever over? And so, if you out there as our listeners, you know, you've had conversation with people about this topic or you're wanting to learn more, hey, we'd love for you to tune in not only today but the rest of the week. We know that our presenters have an awesome lineup of content that they want to um, present and I'm sure that you will be blessed. So with that in mind, our theme for the, our book offer for this week is in line with our theme. The book title is Judgment and Hell, God May Be Kinder Than You Think by the author Jim Ayer, A-Y-E-R. And so, with down-to-earth language woven into a skillful yet pragmatic Bible study, Jim shines the light of Bible truth to reveal a God who always acts with justice, mercy, and most importantly, 
absolute love and fairness. And I think that's a beautiful picture to where we're going with this whole uh, topic this week. And so if you'd like a free copy of the book, Judgment and Hell, God may be kinder than you think. Please do us, do yourself a favor. Text mm-hmm. the code into the t- code is SA120, SA120. And the number you need to text that code into is 04888-80811. One more time. The code is SA120 to our number here in the studio, 04888-80811. You'll get in touch with our friendly, kind uh, bot who will Get your details and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. And we'd love to give that to you as a free, free of charge, no strings attached. We just want to put that resource in your hands. So without ado, um, we're going to go to a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Please stick around. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ and A. I should come to 
That was Jesus Strong and Kind by City Light. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. We are going live here from our studio here in South Australia. If you're just tuning in, our topic, it's Will and Yoshi here, by the way. Our topic here today that we are kicking off for this theme this week, How Good Was God When He Created Hell? Now, it sounds a very interesting topic, but please stick around because... I, our team will uh, unpack this um, as we go along this week. But today, Yoshi and I, we're in the studio, and the particular question we're looking at, is hell actually real? And secondly, what and where is hell? And so um, as you're listening, hey, we would love to hear um, from you wherever you may be. If you've got a question, uh, you want to just uh, text us in as, as, as Yoshi and I are here chatting, why don't you text us, 04888-80811. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we'll promote our free book offer again a little bit later in the show. So, Yoshi, uh, I want to pass the time to you. Let's kick off this um, uh, sharing time. Let's unpack this. Uh, let's try and answer the question. Is hell real? And what and where is hell? All right, Will. So, I'm going to put on my deepest and most <laughs> serious voice here. All right. Is hell real? Yes. And if you don't believe in God, that is where you're going. Now call in and you're going to be converted. <laughs> Otherwise, you will go now. <laughs> imagine like imagine if, I'm, if I'm a salesman, I'm trying to sell God to you. Yeah. And, th- and that's how I do it. How attractive would that be? It'd be, be, yeah. it'd be like me holding a gun to your head and go, uh, or holding a gun to my wife's head and go, <laughs> Do you love me? If you don't, I'm going to blow your brains out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that never Not works. Not a good picture. Right? And so we have this picture, and, and I know we'll, uh, uh, Gary and Marty and Neil will go into this a lot more tomorrow, right. yep. the goodness of God, but maybe I can just preempt, is hell real by asking this question, what is hell? Um, and our topic is what and where is hell? Yep. Now imagine we talk about God of love, the God of love who loves you, but burns you in hell forever. And yeah. you kind of go, that's, and I alluded to this earlier, that's like an oxymoron, yeah. right? I, I made a, a, a couple of notes here. An oxymoron are things, uh, a combination of contradictory or incongruous words, a combination of words that have the opposite or very different meanings. So act naturally. Like how do you be natural and act? You know, yeah. Almost exactly an accurate estimate. And I'm absolutely unsure about this. <laughs> Here's my favorite one, diet ice cream. <laughs> you kind of go, those thi- those two things yeah. don't quite work. Doesn't God match. Of love, God of love, hell. Eh. Yeah. So maybe what we need to understand is this concept of hell and what the Bible says about it. I want to read a quote from uh, Richard Dawkins, the famous atheist, right? Right. Um, this is actually somebody uh, commented, uh, commenting on, on, on Richard Dawkins, his, his, um, his uh, what do you call that? His quote in response. So listen to this. In the God Delusion, Richard Dawkins notes a Christian's response to Brian Fleming, author and director of The God Who Wasn't There. Now, I haven't read that book. I have read The God Delusion. Uh, but this is what Richard Dawkins says, the famous atheist. He says, the Christian writes, I'll get comfort in knowing that the punishment God will bring to you will be 1,000 times worse than anything I can inflict. The best part is that you will suffer for eternity for these sins that you're completely ignorant about. The wrath of God will show no mercy. For your sake, I hope the truth is revealed to you before the knife connects with your flesh. And I like, and I like this. Merry Christmas. P.S. You really, you people really don't have a clue as to what is in store for you. I thank God I'm not you. Wow. This is said to Richard Dawkins. And it makes God 
like if 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 I didn't believe in God and I yeah. said that to you, and and obviously I was being very facetious at the start, you know, trying to pretend and put on my deep voice. It, we have to reconcile that. Yeah, that's what we're going to do for the whole week. But I want to start by uh, if you have your Bibles, we can go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter thirteen, verses forty-two. Uh, for, uh, we're not going to read the whole verse, but I'm going to have a look at Matthew chapter thirteen, verse forty. Now, Will, if you have it, maybe I'll get yep. you to read it for me. Matthew chapter thirteen. Let's actually let's do thirteen, uh, forty to forty-two. All right, let's do it. So, reading from the NIV, it says uh, the following. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, okay. So immediately you're probably going... Yoshi, you just said, and now, but the Bible says something else. Right. Well, the important thing about um, what the Bible says is context. So, to answer the very, very simple question, is hell real? The answer is yes, because it's in the Bible. Right. It's in Revelation chapter 20. I'll read uh, this, right? They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The first thing we kind of need to understand is that, yes, there is going to be hell, or more specifically, hellfire. Something is going to come and devour and put an end to everything and it's not going to be a pleasant sight now before we go on that does that mean that god is scary right well if you're on the wrong side of the glory of god i would say i would say yes yeah um some of us have parents who are scarier than others <laughs> and we are yeah. when we're on the wrong side um this is scary. Um, uh, uh, we'll, I know we talk about our significant other, our loved ones, our wives a lot, yes. and I potentially get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> let's just say that if we are on the wrong side of people that we love, even though we know they love them and we then we and you know they we love them and they love us, it's not always a pleasant sight. Yeah. So the Bible here is describing this concept of hellfire that is going to put an end to everything, and that needs to happen. I think that's going to happen. Uh, that needs to happen if we're going to put an end to to sin and to everything else bad that's happened in this world. So, sure. what isn't happening is this idea that hell is burning eternity for eternity. Right. So, uh, well, I might get to read another Bible verse from me. Right. Second Peter chapter three and verse ten. Okay. Second Peter Second chapter three Peter. and verse ten. All right. Here we go. So, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will, dis- sorry, the heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Okay. My version says it will be burnt up. So, yep. laid bare. Which means that's going to come to a point where fire is going to consume everything. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it's not a sort of a um, uh, that that. Um, in fact, let me, let me sidetrack for a moment. Right? Who? Let me ask you a question, Will. Who is the most evil person you can think of who's ever lived? Well. Just you know, Adolf Hitler. Adolf maybe. Hitler. Okay, let's let's go with Adolf Hitler, right? Okay, atrocious the things he's done. Right. Um, 
And, you know, I, one of the places I've, um, fascinated isn't the right word, um, because I don't think I can handle emotions, but if you go to a place like Auschwitz, right? Yeah. You see the memorial, you see the, the evils of man, um, and, you know, the death chambers and things like that. Yeah. And, and, and apparently the way you die isn't a pleasant, isn't a quick death. It's, you know, the Zycom B gas and the things that you hear. It's, it's just horrendous. Yeah. It's horrendous. It's, it's the worst that, that man can, you know, God isn't, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't imagine what God's going through, right? Um, as he witnessed the evils that man has decided to inflict upon other men. Yeah. Um, now imagine if he turned on the gas. Okay. And before they die, he turns it off. Yeah. And then they recover, they choke, and he turns it out again. And he does this forever and ever and ever. Now, we already call Hitler an evil man. Yeah. Imagine if he did that. That's just beyond evil. Right. Um, the idea of um, finishing something um, to wipe something off, that already speaks to the character of God, who there's no way from everything we know about God, he's as far from Hitler as it comes. Right. But at the end of the day, he has to bring an end to everything. And this is why we need a whole week to uh, basically um, flesh out this entire, entire topic. Yep. Because otherwise, we're going to have the wrong picture of God. Yeah. It's a God that I don't. I don't think I want to serve. Yeah. Um. Without knowing, without knowing, um. You know, uh, we have loved ones who've passed on. Mm. Uh, can you imagine if they're being punished in hellfire right now? Yeah. Would you have a problem with that? Yeah. Uh, I would. Right. Well, let's see what the Bible says. Uh, let's have a look at Second Peter chapter two and verse nine. Second Peter chapter two and verse nine. Okay. Okay. Would you like to read for us, Will? Okay, here we go. Second Peter chapter two verse nine. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Okay. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve so the, the unjust. unjust. Yeah, the unjust. What does what unjust mean to you? What do you think? I mean, what was that word? I think unjust is like guilty. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who isn't, um, uh, who, let me put it this way. If we look at, and I said earlier, the importance of understanding the theology of hell comes from understanding the theology of God. Um, and we, we talked about judgment early on, right? Yep. Um, Understanding the justification that we go through, and that's a big theological word, but that just means having Christ's protection, having Christ's righteousness cover over us. So we are justified by faith as we as right. we believe in God. So um, the day of judgment comes, and we see judgment as something that is going to bring a swift conclusion, a swift end to everything, and that's true. Yeah. But the deciding factor really comes down to whether we are on God's side or not or not. So to answer the question, um, as we continue to go through this, you know, is hell real? The answer is yes. And we're going to continue to unpack this a little bit more, but not in the way that people understand yeah. it. So the first part, first thing I guess I want to say to our listeners, uh, hell is real, but not like the believe in me and you will go to hell or, or, or you will go to hell perspective, <laughs> yeah. right? Because that, that doesn't work. 
That's not what the Bible says right. at all. That's taking a few passages out of context. That's taking a few things out of context and going, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's it's a scare tactic. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that's what a lot of preachers, a lot, of, a lot of, um, um, and that's you that well, that's that's using the theology of hell without understanding the theology of God and who He is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to break this down just a little bit more. Um, let. Uh, the question is when, right? Um, we, we looked at Matthew 13 already. We're going to say that, you know, it's, it's going to happen at the, uh, at the last days. Um, when's the last days that, uh, I mean, we've talked about the last days, you know, that might be another, another, another sermon altogether, right? right? Um, but, the last days, as it happens, will be a time when God is ready to put an end to everything. Yep. You know, I don't know, Will, but I'm tired. <laughs> some, some, you know, you you look at the headlines of everything that's happening yep. right now. We look at the evils of the world. The article that we talked yep. about earlier, you know, Will, as pastors, um, we think, how can we bring some good, some level of good to 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 this world? Yeah. How do you do that? At the end of the day, um, there's a huge part of me that just. It just goes, can we just go home? Yeah. Can we just go home? And when you have that context, hellfire isn't something to be afraid of. Isn't yeah. something to, to, I guess, be, be, um, be scared of, uh, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to, let's have, let's have a look at, let's have a look at another verse. Um, let's, let's turn to, uh, Romans 6 and verse 23. Romans 6, 23. Yep. Romans 6 and verse 23. So the Bible says this, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right. Now, um, I'm going to sort of diverge a little bit to understand the concept of hellfire. What is What is death? Will give maybe gives a quick recap of some of the things we talked about last week, right? What's what's what what is death ultimately? I think death ultimately is separation from God. Yes, mm-hmm. when I, when I think about it in a very simple term, um, the way I always like to look at it, Yongshin, if I could just insert this at this part, is um, like because I think you're gonna like kind of give a bigger picture of like we're talking about hell, which is kind of a I guess a little part of, of this big picture that God is doing. Mm. And the way I like to do it when I explain people this idea of hell is, or just any kind of, kind of isolated, I guess, topic about death or heaven or it, people, I guess you got to understand that it, it's, it's a whole story. And the way, the three big themes I like to see it through Yongshin and I'm, mm-hmm. you may have, um, Similar, uh, I guess, a paradigm of how you see it, but I see these three big, um, kind of acts. You've got creation. Which is God's ideal mm-hmm. in the opening pages of Genesis. You got the fall, which is kind of what you're alluding to there, Romans six, mm-hmm. wages of sin is death. And then you've got redemption. And that's really what's happened, uh, how God answers the sin and the death question. Mm. Um, so I'd like to su- suggest that hell, how God kind of redeems this mess that we're in. Hell is kind of part. It's just one piece of the puzzle. It's yep. not. And I think what you're saying earlier, Yongshin, is that a lot of people kind of zero in on this, this notion or their understanding of hell. Oh, wow. God's going to burn people for a million years. You know, that's kind of like zero, zero point 
0.01% mm. of this big picture of God's love. And so I, I think it's important to kind of put um, this topic today and this week in a bigger context of what God is actually doing. You know, it's interesting, uh, Yongxing, you, you mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, you used the word reconcile. And I immediately thought of that text in Second Corinthians 5 when Paul says that God was in Christ reconciling the mm. world to himself, right? Mm-hmm. And so this idea is that the gospel story is God actually reconciling, restoring his original plan, which was God never intended for us to die, never intended for there to be sin. And so we they, we see that in the opening pages of Genesis. But then what you were alluding to, Genesis, Romans 6, is, okay, the the fall, the, the this, you know, when Adam and Eve ultimately, you know, distrusted God and they took of the forbidden fruit and ultimately sin and death and suffering has entered our world. Mm. And so, yeah, when I think of death, I really think of it's a, it's a, it's not, it was a going away from God's original intention. Mm. And so I think when, when, when we're talking to people about hell, we've got to go like what you're saying is, Hey, Mm. let's kind of step back and, and just look at God's overall big picture of yep. how he yep. intended us to live. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's a separate, you hit the nail on the head, right? It's right. your, your very first sentence. It's a separation from God. Right. Now you go to the story of, um, Daniel chapter three, Hebrew, uh, the, the three yes. Hebrew boys, right? So fire is not a problem. <laughs> So fire is not the issue. Uh, you can be in fire. And, 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 and when they came out of the fire, they didn't even smell burnt. It right. was just like, you know, and songs have been written about the three Hebrew boys, right? They were just in the fire and the soldiers who threw them into fire, they died because they got too close to the fire. Yeah. And they're just like, crazy oh. story. Yeah. And they're just like, Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. So the fire itself isn't the issue. Um, so we don't have anything to be afraid of that. When, when we have God, when we have Jesus walking with us, yep. because death is a separation from God. So if we have God by our side, even when the fire comes, it's going to be, well, I don't know. It's going to be nice. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, the way I see it, it's almost, and this is probably my imagination going into overdrive and not be accurate. You know, sometimes you're like just really cold yeah. out of the air conditioned room or whatever, and you step out into the heat and this warmth envelops you and it just feels nice. Yeah. It's like, <sighs> that's, yeah. that's how I imagine going through hell so to speak <laughs> if and when it comes right um, there is a separation uh, there is a final uh, I guess matter of closing out everything right. and that becomes the challenge um, on how we need to look um, at at you know at this at, at what the Bible calls the second death okay. something that actually will happen um, uh, in fact, let's look at one verse, uh, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8. The Bible says this, The cowardly, unbelieving, abominable murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So it's almost this purification that's going to come and just burn everything up and and that's it. Yeah. And that is going to be effectively the end of everything. A new world comes out new. Now, um, fire is actually a powerful thing because um, just last week, you know, it was quite cold on a Friday night. We were over at somebody's place and we sat around a campfire. Beautiful. And it was nice. Yeah. 
It was nice. Especially this time of the year in this Adelaide. This time of the year. It had, is absolutely Yeah, crazy. yeah. It was nice. <laughs> I learned how to roast marshmallows properly because when I, when I used to do it, I just chuck it in front of the fire. <laughs> and it's funny because um, somebody said to me, oh, would you like to roast roast a marshmallow? And I'm like, I'm not a huge fan, right? Yeah. And I was like, I always get it black. And they were like, it's because you're not doing it properly. So so, so they use fire in, in the right way. Um, and, and in the context of hellfire, it really is used, if I can use this word, yeah. in the right way to yeah. basically cleanse everything out so we can start new. Yeah. But that needs to be taken within the larger context of who God is, his love, his bigger picture. And I like when you say, we'll come back to that. I want to come back to that yeah. about how it's just a very small percentage at the end of the day of, of who God is. Yeah. Hey, loving what you're sharing with us uh, today. Yoshi, we're going to have to just pause for a quick break. But before we do that, we want to promote our free book offer one more time in our show today. Uh, our book, uh, free book offer is Judgment and Hell. God may be kinder than you think by author Jim Eyre. And uh, with down-to-earth language woven into a skillful yet pragmatic Bible study, Jim shines a light of Bible truth. And I love this part. It's to reveal a God who always acts with justice, mercy, and most importantly, absolute love and fairness. If you'd like a free copy of the book, Judgment and Hell, if you'd like it for yourself or to share it with one of your friends, please text the code word here in the studio, SA120, SA120, and that is to our number here, 04888-80811. One more time, the code is SA120 to 04888-80811, and we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. We've got a, a little bit more to go in our show today. Please don't go away. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time uh, BQ&A. We'll be back in just a moment.
How Great Thou Art by Lauren Daigle. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A live from the studio here in South Australia. We've got a few more minutes to go. It's Will here and uh, Yoshi here in the studio today. We've been looking at the question, is hell real? What and where is hell? We've been taking a bit of a dive into Scripture to see what the Bible actually says about this. So, Yoshi, in the last few minutes we got, um, take us through to the end there about this idea. We're trying to unpack this idea of is it real? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to kind of tackle this idea of um yep. of what and where is hell. So yep. Yeah, well the well hell is obviously real. We've looked at the Bible right. and, and the Bible says it's real. But it's not uh, the uh, I don't want to say our understanding because we are reading from the Bible. It's not the common understanding of this eternal fire that right. burns. Because yes. number one, uh, well, there's no number two really. Number one, it's just incompatible with God's character. You can't preach a God of love and yeah. say in eternal hell. Those two things just don't work. What is compatible with God's character on the reality of hell is that there is going to be an end to the evil, to the yeah. wickedness that happens in this world. Yeah. So that is compatible because it is important that God allows um, this 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 life to play itself out. Yep. When I say this life, really it's this, these lives, you know, thousands of years and right. sometimes um, maybe I digress slightly. I know we have a few minutes left, but we say, you know, why isn't Jesus coming yet? What's taking him so long? He really is trying to give as much time as possible for that repentance. But specifically coming back to this idea of hell, yes, there will be hellfire and just from the few short verses and we'll unpack this throughout the right. rest of this week, uh, this idea of hellfire comes at the end of time Time. It comes during the time of judgment, and it comes to those who are separated from God, those who don't have a relationship with God, and those right. who are not covered by His blood, by His righteousness. Right. And when they go through that, I want to have a look at one uh, verse. Let's have a look at, and I'm trying to think of a few, which one we can go. Let's go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 47 and verse 14. Isaiah chapter 47 and verse 14. 14. Do you want to yep. read yep. that okay. for us? Yeah. Isaiah 47, 14. Mm-hmm. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. It shall not be a coal to be warmed by, nor a fire to sit before. Okay. So there's a few other passages, but have a look at this, this passage description of fire that burns, right? Now, most of us have sat in front of a campfire before I shared to you before the break, yes. before, I was, before the <laughs> song, that we're just sitting you know, around a campfire, and we had to keep putting wood to it. And eventually, as the night started to finish, started to wind down, what's left of the fire? Well, yep. not much. No. Once it's burnt out, it's that's burnt it. out, and that's it. Now, if you had really intense fire, vroom, and it's just gone just like that, the concept of hellfire is probably exactly the same. The fire that comes and burns everything out and it cleanses everything and we have a clean slate yeah. once and for all. Now, um, in Revelation chapter 21, uh, verses, uh, one and uh, verse four specifically. Yes. You know, Will, if we've been to a funeral, you and I have done a number of funerals before. Yeah. Inevitably, this is a verse that we, that we read from the Bible. Yes. It's the closing chapter of the Bible, right? Yeah. Um, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And then he says this in verse four, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. 
There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Yes. Now, Will, uh, let me ask you this question. If there was an ever-burning hellfire, not the kind of fire that just burns up. Right. I, I don't know about you, Will. I yeah. I have a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a problem with going... Um, you know, just uh, and and I'm and I'm. It, it's that it's that. Um, you know, kids putting yeah. their fingers in their ears and going, la, la, "I can't hear you." La, yeah. la, you know, right? You would almost have to be like that yeah. if there was an everlasting burning hellfire, yeah. as opposed to a fire that is going to burn and cleanse everything once and for all. Yeah. Um, the Bible here makes it clear. I'll read that verse again. There shall be no more death. Nor sorrow, nor crying, there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Hellfire will basically clean out everything, so much so that there will be nothing left. And I right. think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think the question comes from, um, and I want to go back to what you said uh, earlier. It's only a small part, right? Yeah. Um, an illustration I've used, and maybe it's not the best one. Now, imagine if, and we are, we are colleagues, but we're also friends. Right. Imagine, Will, if I wanted to be your friend because for no other reason than I don't want to be alone. That's probably not a bad reason. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but imagine, and um, to all listeners, I, I'll, I'll preface it by saying this. Will is a great guy, great sense of humor. <laughs> we got along really, really well. So I'll preface it by saying that. But for the sake of illustration, right. imagine, Will, you are a horrible, terrible person. You you make you know, you know make fun of everyone. You are disrespectful. Right, right, right. Just for the sake of argument. Right. Now, imagine if I were to come to you and say, Will, I want to be your friend. Um, because I don't want to be alone. Now, if that's my sole guiding purpose, yeah. I'll be miserable. Yeah. But if I got to know you and who you are, the kind of person that you are, right. you know, the, the sense of humor, the personality, right, right. the kindness, you know, and just, and just you as a wonderful person, the sense of being alone, sure, that is avoided. But that's not the reason why we are friends and acquaintances and yeah. colleagues and brothers in Christ. We have a common thing that brings us together. And knowing God and how we allude to hellfire, I think it's a little bit like that. Yeah. If we're coming to God because we're, we're scared of hellfire, we, we have the wrong reason. Right. It's the wrong purpose of coming to God. But if you come to God because of who he is, his love, his incredible grace, and everything he's done for us, yeah. sure, we avoid hellfire, but that's just a nice yeah. side little thing. It's like that yeah. text in the New Testament when Paul says... um perfect love casts out fear yes exactly so like yeah. really in line with what you're saying you know yeah. if if you you know if you know the god of the bible which is a god of love a god that desires for you not to even experience um you know that what we call what we're calling in our today's show which is hell or hell fire it's never god's intention to have us go through that experience god doesn't you know there's that text in new testament god's not willing that any should perish mm. But they'd all come to repentance. That's right. So, um, yeah, so I guess what you're doing, Yoshi, is you're kind of giving, I guess, the motivation of why we're trying to avoid, I guess, being part of this, um, this ultimate, you know, destruction, as it were, when God kind of cleanses the earth and deals with sin and evil and death, mm. um, once and for all. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of thinking when you're talking about, as Yoshi as well, is, you know, um, how could heaven be a place that you want to enjoy for the ceaseless age of of eternity mm. when you know that your spouse or your children are burning somewhere? Mm. 
And, you know, obviously no one wants to, we would rather not even be in heaven if, if that's the God that we're going to be, you know, you know, rubbing shoulders with throughout eternity. So, and look, you know, to be fair, Yoshi, there, there may be some Christians that are listening at our show right now and they're going, well, hang on. How about this text? How about this text? How about this passage? Because there are texts that kind of imply this idea of this eternal fire. And I, and I'm, I'm guaranteed that that's going to be explored. Um, in with our team the rest of the week, but you know, without kind of stepping on the toes of our presenters with the rest of the week, I think the big idea is it's not so much about what happens where. And I think to me, to to me, Yoshi, it's more of a it's a sub point. You know, the real thing that we're trying to communicate is who God is, mm. and I think when we understand the nature of God, as yes, you said at the yes. top of the show, He's mm-hmm. a God of love and mercy and and forgiveness then it's easier to understand this concept that we're discussing this week because it's really a byproduct of if we, we, we choose to separate. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we've got our laptops here in the studio, uh, Yoshi, and we live in a world where everyone's dependent upon their devices. And so you don't leave, you know, before the jingle was, you don't leave home without your American Express card, you know, <laughs> gazillion years ago for our listeners. I remember that. Now you don't leave home without your charger and, you know, all these, you know. Power bank. And yeah, so the idea is, if you think about it, if the Bible is true that says God is the source, and that's how the Bible opens up scripture, God created. So he is the source. Hell and all of these, you know, uncomfortable, um, realities or repercussions of a life separate from God. It really boils down to this is the result when we detach ourselves from the source. Just like, you know, if I left the house and didn't take my charger with me and before, lo and behold, yeah, you know, if you got an iPhone, they, Terrible on battery power. Before you look at it, you're, you're already looking at the red, right? And everyone knows what I'm talking about that's <laughs> listening out there. And it's an unfortunate kind of place to be. And for many people, it's like, ah, oh, scratching the heads. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't last another three hours without my charger. In some ways, it's, that's what really hell is. It's, it's a result when people have willingly, um, willingly, I think I should emphasize that, Yoshi. Mm. separated choosing to separate from the source mm. and so i think that's a big part of where our presenters are going to head uh, for the rest of this week is um yep there is a biblical reality of hell but hey guess what there is an awesome god and his offer of eternal life and that's the that's the choices that mm. that human beings mm. um need to make and and will make Yep. And maybe we should close with prayer, but I'll say this one final thing. Um, our, our viewpoint of hell, our assumption of hell, right. hellfire, will be largely, will be almost entirely dictated on our understanding of who God is. Yeah. If we have the yeah, right amen. understanding of God, yep. hell becomes a byproduct. Yes. Like you said, all those things we've talked about, separation and all that. So let's, let's, as we continue to journey, and some of you will have a lot of questions, we invite yes. you to join us for the rest of this week. And Will, I wonder if you want to have some time just for a quick prayer before we close out yep. today. How about you, you pray for us, Yoshi? Sure. Um, but before we do, I just want to just really plug out our presentation tomorrow. Um, so our host, Gary, Marty, and we also got special guest Neil Schofield in the studio tomorrow as well. And, uh, if you're listening, please join in tomorrow. Neil has a wealth of ministry experience. He's going to be in the studio tomorrow. They're going to be looking at the topic, how good was God when he created hell? So basically they're taking the theme and they're going to be unpacking it tomorrow. Um, 
So I'd like to, um, how about you pray and then we'll end on the text. Sure, sure. Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your love and the wonderful God that you are. And Lord, um, as we talk about this concept of hellfire, which yes. I believe it's really, as I mentioned, a byproduct, um, when we understand who you are, hell in many ways does make sense because you want to put an end to suffering to everything that's bad about this world. Yes. Help us to journey together as we, uh, look at this topic for the rest of this week. May you just lead us and guide us in Jesus name. We pray and ask. Amen. 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 Thank you, Yoshi. But before we let you go, we'd like to leave you with the words of Jesus Christ uh, in the Gospel of John. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you and we'll see you next time.